0: In a world where two Duck fans wanted to record a podcast about Oregon Duck sports and other stuff, this, this podcast is what they came up with. I know, it's not very good, but it's the best they could do. Anyway, welcome to the flock. Test, 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 test. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> That's good. It is good. That's super good. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. You know you need unique New York. <laughs> Fine, stop.
1: We lost a few games. Tough. That was District 5. Now we're the Ducks. Yeah. And the Ducks yeah. are undefeated. All right, right. right. Yeah welcome
0: everybody to the flock pod hashtag 50 we made it baby we did it we made it we did the thing we dreams made it to number do 50. come true started from the bottom now we're here shane
2: <laughs> <What can laughs> 50 was the goal though when we started we were we, it really was we said like let's see if we can make 50 out of this yep. now i'm thinking we could do you know 100 200 500 i mean let's just keep the it sky's rolling. the limit it now. really, 50 is. 50 it really seems is like small bananas i mean we have a
0: partnership now oh, i mean yeah. shout out to west coast CFB.com. like again i mean we can make magic happen yeah we can big make magic things are happen. happening Anyway, let's get refocused here. You can find us at all of your major social media platforms and on Spotify at The Flock Pod. Please check us out. Give us some downloads, some likes, some shares, some love, those beautiful engagements that use the algorithm to trick you. That's a whole different
2: kind of conversation. It really um, is. But there's good content. Exactly. On here. <laughs> um,
0: I am at Coach Justin D on those same platforms. Shame tell them where you
2: are. You can find me at Shane Potter 6 on the Twitter for most of my sports takes and at Shane 6 on the Instagram if you want to see me with cats. I was going to say
0: for cat pictures. Or
2: exercise <laughs> videos.
0: The cat pics are great, man. The yeah, cat guys, pics you are know, really great.
2: I'm a cat dad.
0: Well, I'm a dog dad, so that's pretty much all my Instagram is, basically. <laughs> that, yeah. and, that and Avatar stuff. So if you're like a weird anime nerd and into Boston Terriers and you like cats, check us both out. Yeah, yeah. Some quality Our content. The place for you, yeah, man. Some quality, quality content there so let's go and just jump right into it we actually have quite a bit of news today which is exciting um, but also it's a sad day i want to just get this um right off the top in regards to just we didn't plan for this to be the day that we were gonna do the podcast um, but it's very fortuitous be doing it on the day that college football is supposed to kick off for the Ducks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it was supposed to be
2: the first game at Austin Stadium. Hosting lots of tears. NDSU. Lots of tears. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that we were kind of speculating about that game. There was a lot of uh, answers that were questions that were going to be answered today. But, you know, life goes on. We, we, still, we still have a lot to talk about.
0: And we have bigger fish to fry, as they say here in life. But again, we can shed, you know a tier or two for those Saturdays at Austin, And we'll get to a little bit more of that content later on down the road with some good Facebook memories.
2: Oh, uh, just, you know, to throw you off, I love when you and know, I do this, just surprise you with a question. Yeah, I do what the do same you thing What do you think the total points Oregon would have scored today were? Not like the, the score. What do you think Oregon would have put on the board? <sighs> Who's quarterback? Uh, well, I mean, I would say Tyler Shook. <laughs> or just according to all the news that had come out as of late, you know, Cristobal kind of hinted at the fact that he probably would have been.
0: I think they struggle. I think that NDSU's defense was pretty legit. Mm-hmm. I think their coaching staff would have schemed up some. I think this would have been like a. Not quite the the Boise State debacle of old, which we had a reminiscence of a few days ago. Shout out Legarrette Blunt for uh, for delivering a beautiful punch. I've never forget I watched that when I was at Burning Man. Like that was just, just like a <laughs> weird memory in this little cafeteria on a TV, and the only place I got good Wi Fi. And I was so sad for like an hour, but then I'm at Burning Man, so I wasn't sad anymore.
2: It was funny because like when that happened, I was so just like livid. I was just seeing red because that game was just so frustrating yeah. to watch. Yeah. It almost felt like I did it with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanted Legarrett to punch that guy so bad. Well, there
0: was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but we're not going to get completely sidetracked by mm-hmm. that. I think Oregon puts up, 24, 27 points. Oh, wow. Low. But I think they win the game because of that defense. Right. you Oregon know, was, you know yeah.
2: best defensive squad we've seen Oregon in Oregon. I while. think it
0: would have been like a 27 17 kind of game because NDSU's yes, legit.
2: I mean, and that's a legit roster. The first game of the season is always kind of weird. A lot of exactly. penalties and stuff. I was going to say like 42. I thought the. A lot of
0: people I saw were in like the four, 50 somebody threw out there. I was I, like.
2: I think this receiving class at Oregon this year is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think J.R. Waters coming true. back. He's a lot of options I think Delgado and Pittman are really going to come into their own as like those possession kind of underneath receivers and then we got those deep ball threats Um, Devin Williams from USC that transfer Uh, but you know again you never know and it's just, it's a beautiful day for points outside. I don't know if you That's also true. Today. It is a beautiful day. It's just, and I just it's like a high scoring uh, feel out to there. To be
0: at Otson today would have been so nice. Also, today's the day that uh, Vernon Adams made his Oregon debut a couple years ago. And I don't remember if that was at Arizona State or if that was at Otson, but it was
2: at like 63 to 58, yeah, say, like ridiculous like, like, game. The final score was like 120 points. Had
0: to be a Pac-12 after dark game. I don't even need to see oh, yeah. what time it was to know that it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out uh, big play VA um, always one of my favorites and uh, still doing some big things training quarterbacks and things like that and looking to make another run in the CFL next year so shout out to VA
2: he, yeah he uh, opted out of the CFL contract but I, I didn't really think about it. their season was canceled so yes. opting out didn't really mean that much but yeah, yeah this is the year for backup quarterbacks I feel like with yeah. you know the potential of people getting COVID and whatnot. We
0: shall see. We shall see. So let's get us back on track here. I took us a little bit off the rails there, but we'll get back to some Facebook stuff. Um, Pac-12 football had an exciting announcement a few days ago where they have basically, I don't know, it collected these these new tests for COVID. Shane, tell me a little it's, bit more. Uh,
2: Pac-12 has announced a partnership with, oh, there it is. I believe it's pronounced Quidel, Who's a diagnostic t- testing corporation? Basically, what this partnership is bringing to the table is uh, the availability of rapid testing. And the cool thing about this is we, you know, Pac-12 had kind of been looking at the January first jumping off point for seasons to for mm-hmm. athletics to resume, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of thinking it might be a little bit sooner. Uh, the availability is there. The Pac-12, the biggest issue the Pac-12 had. And why they postponed the season was the lack of testing. And they also didn't want to take away testing from the communities the local that media yeah. exactly
0: and you're hitting on a good point it's that rapid testing right mm-hmm. and that's where the NBA's had so much success with this saliva test that they've helped pioneer that I guess baseball is now also using. So when you brought it up initially I was curious if it was the same test, but it sounds like this is more of the similar one that you see on hard knocks where they're in the nasal mm-hmm. kind of like a little swab where it's yeah. not the deep, deep swab.
2: Right. They're not tickling the brain, but they're just getting in there. And yeah this is you know daily testing and I think it's like twenty four hour results. So even if there were were to be an outbreak, the the containment of it is kind of the biggest hurdle for you know all of world society right the now. Con-
0: the containment and then the quick tracing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: and then just getting it under wraps because you know we, it can it can snowball so quickly in a situation as, as
0: goes right into our next point with you know just a, just a flock favorite somehow someway the Tennessee volunteers always seem to make it onto this beautiful
2: podcast like literally almost every other episode
0: Tennessee we don't hate you I mean I hate you kind of because you wear the color orange and it's like you're the volunteers we don't really get that so I mean I guess it's kind of like a love hate thing but they actually had, it's a Saturday, they had a scrimmage planned for today. And I don't—I thought it was supposed to be like broadcast and because Texas was kind of doing something similar where mm-hmm. they were going to broadcast this big scrimmage. But they have 44 players on the COVID slash injury list. And I couldn't find anywhere where they actually specify who's COVID and who's hurt. Because, I mean, it could just be a superfluous amount of injuries. You never know. It's true. But it, it's just, it's laughable. I mean, this is exactly why the Pac-12 is doing what they did. I and mean, you can... Trust me, I want football back on the West Coast as much as anybody. I, I mean, I love football. I, I have a weird relationship with football. Yeah, I me
2: mean too. It's, so. it's
0: difficult. It really is difficult, but I love watching it. I love the collectiveness of 65,000 people coming together at Autzen Stadium for one singular purpose, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. But we need to be safe. And mm. this is the thing where this is exactly what we didn't want to have happen here, where they had 30 eligible players. So instead of scrimmaging, they practiced, which makes a little bit of sense
2: which and again it's it's one of those things when everybody was so upset when the Pac-12 postponed the season was like we're almost just trying to avoid this situation exactly. where it's embarrassing because you you you're just like looking like oh yeah we kind of don't have it as under control as we thought we did and with the Nick Sabans of the world saying how you and know, Davos, safe and, and, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah. on now.
0: Well, and let's be honest, let's be real. The Pac-12 could have tried, but their local governments probably weren't all that game. So oh, it was a sure. weird, it was a weird political athletic agenda kind of going hand in hand there uh, to delay things at the very least until January, as you mentioned. But hopefully, again, now with this rapid testing, um, we can avoid situations like what happened at Tennessee, where it spread so quickly due to that lack of quick you know come back you know on the mm-hmm. test results which is so important and so imperative. And then
2: it's a situation too where I'm sure everything was fine, all systems ago. go, and then you know like oh we're going to have this scrimmage on TV and then they do their last round of testing mm-hmm. before the scrimmage and then like boom 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 and then even with like false negatives and stuff you still you got to test them, you got to quarantine them while that uh secondary test yeah. is going through and all that just a lot of hurdles there.
0: Well, you can see situations like this. And forgive me, I don't know his full name. And this is, I'm going to bring it to Oregon here in just a second. But um, Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend, who's also a fighter who fights for Bellator, um, was supposed to have a big fight this weekend. Tested positive for COVID. And he doesn't know if it's a false positive, you know, what it is. The testing in Bellator has not been as good as it has been for the UFC events. And so you're seeing this across other sporting events. They live in Portland. You know, they, they were training out of Oregon. They've now relocated to Florida. But that's where it kind of correlates with the Oregon connection there. But you're seeing this happen in other athletic venues where they're being even more careful with more resources. And it's still happening.
2: Mm -hmm. And even like, I mean, Coach Cristobal has talked about what the team is doing now. Right now the players are at home as uh, they're coming back September 20th. Uh, because the students' school resumes on September 29th, I believe.
0: Well, of course they're all doing the Fill the Sleeves Challenge. Right. The Aaron Feld Fill the Sleeves Challenge, which if you haven't donated yet to, go donate to that.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Special Olympics, spe- it's yes. a big thing, needs big to be, cause. really needs Feld, extra funding. Coach fun.
0: probably my favorite coach on that whole coaching staff right now. F-
2: Ooh, that's tough, but yeah. I almost dropped an F-bomb right there. That <laughs> that's how much
0: I love you, Coach Feld
2: but uh talking about you know what the players have done while they're here to stay safe what they're doing when they're back at home away from the team continuing to stay safe and why the the outbreaks on outbreaks on that team have been very very limited yep um so Mm -hmm. it, it is a good thing and then like even if we do if we bring the season up it's cool because it'll be a conference only schedule which they've already announced most conferences are doing it that way i believe all of them are
0: they have talked about a possible partnership with the Big Ten to give mm. some kind of postseason potential, especially due to the relationship with the Rose Bowl. That does make a lot of sense. Conference champion versus conference champion right. and then maybe 2v3, two 2v3, two something like That'd that cool. just to give some games. I think that would make a lot of sense, especially if you were able to do it in a bubble and say Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, I think that would make a lot of sense.
2: So I think that the postponement of the season and then with the things that are happening now and with what we're about to see happen in college athletics and the NFL starting here in what five days from the day we're recording this so they can kind of see what's going to happen and kind of how to handle these situations. And so I think if you're listening to this, being a Pac-12 fan, that you probably are. We hope so. Unless it, you're
0: that random Michigan State fan that listens to us,
2: <laughs> then uh, I think this is I think this is a great thing for yes. the conference, for sports, mm-hmm. for you know basically everybody.
0: Can we get it good enough for club sports so my girls can have a basketball season? That would be really really cool because. I'm having coach withdrawals. Anyway, um, speaking of, well, actually, I don't have a good, I have no segue for this because of how ridiculous it is. Um, but if you are a Greenlight podcast fan like I am, uh, you were probably listening the other day when Chris Long had on uh, good old Oregon favorite Dan Orlovsky. Um, he had a great story, actually, about his op- one of his offensive coordinators falling asleep during a game great story while he was playing in detroit hilarious if you're not a fan of that podcast definitely go listen to it but right around that same time they were talking about our good friend justin sherbert and big herb orlovsky kept referencing how he he's only grown up in ottson oregon he's only played in ottson oregon and it's like dan Oatsen's not a place, man. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's a stadium, but it's not a city. I mean, as much as, you know, we Duck fans have affinity for Oatsen and think it should maybe be a city and have its own rules and its own little city limits, <laughs> it's not. And so I just it's it's just baffling to me how a guy that's on ESPN and that gets paid a lot of money doesn't know that there's not an Oatsen. And he even called it Oregon I think the first time oh, and then he kind of went into good. it. But it's like, come on, Dan. Come on. Well,
2: it's one of those things, too, where he probably, you know, he was, like, thinking, he's like, I know where Justin Herbert's from. And he's, like, racking his brain. He goes, Autzen. Autzen, Oregon. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, like, and then just rolled with it. And, you know, it's like he probably was told that, it, you know, like, hey, Dan. I hope so. I tried name. to tell him
0: on Twitter and I didn't get any response. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I hope you got
2: the help you needed, Dan. He was probably, I imagine Dan Orlovsky's response was kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs>
0: if I was, like, smart enough with, like, memes and, like, digital stuff, I would have gone into the scene from Ace Venture, a pet detective at the very end when she's like, you know what this is, Dan. When she's done all that, that's I would have like somehow spun that into something hilarious. But I'm not talented enough. So if you are talented enough, someone please create something like that for me because that needs to happen. Um, moving forward with the talk on Big Sherb and the Big Sherbert is definitely getting a lot of love on Hard Knocks. Um, we talked about it a little bit pre-podcast. I actually haven't watched Hard Knocks myself, but I've done a lot of like done a lot of the YouTube clips and kind of caught up a little bit that way. Shane is basically a Hard Knocks expert at this point, (laughs) dropping all four episodes in basically the last 48 hours, so he is our Hard Knocks expert here on the beat to give us the Hard Knocks report. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, so yeah, powered through uh, a lot of documentary-style football in the last two days. They do
0: a great job making it.
2: It really is. It's a really good show, and I really like this season, too, because uh, there's a lot of things going on kind of outside of football to focus on. It's not as centered in on players getting cut, yes. Which has always been kind of my knock on Hard Knocks uh, before, is that it was just ha! so so focused on like the the slimming of the roster and everything. And this this season's been a little bit different. Also features, you know, Big Herb, a guy that we're very invested in, and my Los Angeles Rams. So I get to just get all my my Sean McVay content in. I just get to watch him smile and go, "What a good coach." So do
0: you have do you have a Does your wife watch this with you?
2: No. Even so she I, hasn't like,
0: developed any kind of like McVeigh crush yet. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. She's very
2: not into football. <laughs> Even today, I was kind of like I was watching it. So I'm watching it on my phone. Shout out Jake Engelhart. Shared his uh, HBO Go. Shout out HBO Jake Max. Uh, password with me. So I was the only reason I was able to watch these. But I was kind of like showing, like looking on my phone. I'm like, oh, check this out. Like, oh, it's a, it's a documentary. And she's just like, eh, Grey's Anatomy. And <laughs> so she wasn't biting.
0: Anywho. Those Seattle nurses, man. So, you're
2: right. So, we uh, we have talked a lot about Herb and his potential in the NFL, and we've like done a lot of speculation. This is the first time that we've kind of gotten to see a little insight into the future of what he's going to look like. A lot of what we said is pretty pretty spot on.
0: It's like, we're good at this or something, Shane. It's like, um, we my,
2: my very first note on there is, early, he seems like a kid's first day at a new school. yeah. I'm like,
0: walking in with his shoulders down a little bit, like, the holding the backpack tight, you know, probably got the beats on so no one can't hear what's going on.
2: Like, he goes in to do, like, they're doing, like, the security clearance, like, on the first day when they go into the arena. And, like, most of the players kind of go up, give them their ID, you know, they can figure it out. He goes up, my name's Justin Herbert, J-U-S-T-I-N-H-E-R-B-E-R-T. And they're like, uh, yeah, okay, ID please. And he's just like, oh, boy, like...
0: He, oh it's t- sure a deer
2: in a headlights he's the elk like,
0: he's the two-legged elk
2: <laughs> the best way to describe it uh but he comes in immediately starts impressing some people um like we had mentioned before he has the skills like mm-hmm. all of the physical talent is 100 there and i think a little bit more than we even thought and mm. like kind of my biggest takeaway from watching these four episodes has been like what we thought it was going to be but just exaggerated in the good ways and in the bad ways. So we're seeing like the arm talent. There's a couple receivers and running backs who are saying that they've never played with a quarterback as good as him, which is Is that crazy. just a shot
0: at Philip Rivers?
2: Uh, you know, maybe. I imagine he's <laughs> difficult to work with. No.
0: <laughs> the What was the thing that he wore around his neck? The bolo Bolo, wearing Philip Rivers, 18 kids having Philip Rivers? No way. Um, So
2: the biggest hurdle that Justin Herbert has gone through uh, that we didn't really ever really touch on was his ability at the line of scrimmage just to snap the ball. He never used a cadence in his four years at Oregon. There was always the down set and then the ball. One was always in
0: shotgun. You never, never took a ball under snap. But
2: but even even in these...
0: Yeah. Under yes.
2: center. Uh, but even in these practices, even out of shotgun, they uh, had to teach him how to say, like, you know, just like the opening. To cadence. give the cadence, yeah. And then what was something that Anthony Lynn picked on, like, immediately was he was tipping off his running plays by doing the cadence different when he knew that he was just going to be handing the ball off. That he was going through the cadence faster. When a passing play, because he had a little bit of the so that was his Oreo setting. cookie
0: thing, like from Rounders. That was his tell. Okay, mm-hmm. all
2: right. So, like, immediately has some issues there, and then a couple times where he had some uh, shaky performances of practice and the body language mm-hmm. just sulking.
0: We've seen just it. We've turns seen it before. Into a kid. Yeah,
2: and so that's something that other players are picking up on. You see other players on the team, Keenan Allen, Tyrod Taylor, Terod, whatever, going up to him and kind of trying to. You know, get that uh, get that confidence up there. He just he has like absolutely zero swag, yeah. and that's something that's going to be an interesting thing. For no him
0: charisma, you know. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't command a room. He needs to go become best friends with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. If he can win those two guys over, and probably pick someone on the offensive line for the Chargers. I don't know who's playing on the offensive, but if he can befriend basically one good leader on each you know, quarter or position room. You know what I mean? He needs somebody to be an advocate for him basically because he's not going to be the big vocal guy. And this is the number one thing that we used to hit on here, even at Oregon, is he didn't go out there and just grab you by the beard or grab you by the shirt and be like, all right, we're going to go win this game. You job, know, right? I did a good job. I did a good job. <laughs> Very time my promised. even mouthed remember. it. Yep. He just like yep. stopped. Some um, of these need to be on YouTube or something. Like, <laughs> my hair right now on YouTube would be glorious. I mean, it would just be such a beautiful video. There
2: was another time where he uh he tried running the ball. He gets kind of practice sacked. Uh, if you ever played football or watch hard knocks, you know what I'm talking about. And immediately goes over to Anthony Lynn and tells the head coach, who Anthony Lynn's a very like no nonsense style coach. He was an undrafted running back, so he had to earn everything yep. in his way to becoming an NFL coach. And he tells him, like, man, these guys are kind of being mean to me. And Talking a bunch like, of ish. Come on, coach. Yeah, and they're saying, like, this isn't Washington State. You can't run like that rookie.
0: Just a jab at Washington State, by the way. Which is, yeah, I thought Pitch it was funny. Strays. There
2: was just, like, you know, there was some linebacker was just like, oh, what's up, Pac-12 school? Like, He's like, oh, I wish I would have said USC. But, uh, um, and you see Anthony Lynn kind of look at him like, you know, well – do something about it. Like, this this is a grown man league, and you're going to be expected to act accordingly. And be
0: a leader of these men mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball because that's what you have to do as a quarterback.
2: But he does have, I think that Tyrod Taylor is, like, almost a perfect role model for him because he, is, he expresses a lot of very uh, clear leadership roles non-verbally. Uh, like, he really takes over the room. Like, when he goes in and... Uh, gathers the players for them to boycott. They were going to have a televised practice right after the Jacob, um, the, the shooting in Wisconsin, all the, the aftermath and everything. And he goes in, like all the players are kind of like, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to do something? Blah, blah, blah. Tyra Taylor comes in in like these awesome plaid pants and just like starts directing everybody to the locker room and kind of like getting all the guys on the same page. And then there's actually some really good dialogue for the team, talking within themselves on like how to handle situations, like everything that's going on in the country right now. But so you like, I think it's, it's a good uh, opportunity for Herbert to learn from that and kind of like pull on some of those things where you don't have to be like the raw, raw, let's get everybody going like very verbally, but to have that kind of silent leadership is something that I think is, that he's capable. It's
0: attainable for him. He can lead by example in that way because we know he's a hard worker. We know he's going to hit the books hard and all that kind of stuff. I went and looked up the third string quarterback for the Sandy or for excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers just to see if there was another veteran that he could rely upon. Do you know who the, the third string quarterback is for Los Angeles Chargers? Oh man. Uh, There's a very interesting connection here. I don't. Easton Stick, who played at North Dakota State. Oh, and was yeah. the uh, he is the uh, all time wins leader in FCS. Um, I have no idea what his personality is like, but he has another winner around him at least that he can kind of like learn a really from.
2: Big kid too. Uh,
0: he's been in the league for two years. Um, I don't see uh, six foot one oh, two twenty four. No. Oh maybe yeah, so that kind of a bigger, yeah, kind yeah. of a bigger kid but shorter, more of a TT type mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor for everybody out there that doesn't know who TT is. But yeah, it's interesting that he do, he really needs to rely on Taylor, and that's why I thought you know when we did our draft coverage that the Chargers were really a great landing spot for him. And I think they they signed and kind of kept Taylor knowing that they were bringing in one of those rookies. Yeah, you know they were going to get one of those three guys, mm-hmm. and so they wanted him to kind of be the and Anthony Lynn. I was listening. I think it was the Greenlight podcast actually talking about this. The Chargers. If you put Matthew Stafford on the Chargers, they're all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender.
2: Yeah. And I'm not uh, even a big yeah. Matthew
0: Stafford fan. So, there. I mean, there's I there's enough. room where, like we talked about, or like, I kind of, I mean, we'll see what happens. If Taylor can stay healthy and just not make mistakes and kind of lead that team, he's probably going to be the starter all year. But Herbert definitely has a good shot to get in there and if not get some snaps when Taylor gets hurt for a week or two, like you had talked about, or just outright take the job anywhere between week five and week nine you know when's their bye week that's usually when they try to do it as you know they give them that extra week of prep and then throw them in there
2: right and I mean the guys on the team are a big fan of him uh there is a player who said you know he's a really big fan of Justin Herbert's balls and he just really likes his balls they look good and so that's that's good to hear
0: well I think we have the name of today's episode <laughs> um, he's got good balls Sherbert's got good he, balls.
2: For everybody out there, he's referring to catching the ball and, like you know, he throws a really tight spiral. It's a very really common theme in there.
0: It's a very common, you know, use of language there in football to say he throws a good ball. Yeah, throws so a very catchable ball. Yeah, this reminds me of in high school. We had when I went to Aloha, we had a kid Nate Costa who ended up going to Arizona. But mm-hmm. he threw the ball so hard that all the wide receivers and, like, they had, like, bruises all over their chest and stuff from trying to catch the ball from him. So, you got a little touch on it. You know, you got mm-hmm. to have some softness on your balls. Even
2: even at Oregon, uh, there was people who were saying that he threw a really heavy ball. Oh, yeah. And he, and heavy he, ball. Easy to catch
0: balls. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Easy to catch balls. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love this segment. So um, moving right along, we got a little bit more football stuff to cover for you folks today. The 2022 recruiting season has officially opened up. Shane, I think you said that was on September 1st. September
2: 1st was the first day that uh, coaches were able to contact the 2022 class. Um, I mean, as you know, all sports go, there's some like non-official recruitment. That oh, goes we love on.
0: those non-official
2: verbals. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the players are, you know, the biggest, like kind of wild cards into this because they can contact these high school kids, talk to them, the coaching staff and the recruiters are the ones who can't. Um, so right when it opened midnight of that, uh, of September 1st, um, Oregon's recruiting staff sent out dozens of social media posts to players who uh, potentially could be receiving scholarships. Uh, with the Pac-12 suspending play, it's been a big question for a lot of Duck fans, a lot of Pac-12 fans, how is this is going to affect the Pac-12 nationally. It's kind of in the
0: dark cloud
2: hanging over the mm-hmm. conference. That and Larry Scott. Yeah, that, yeah. which that's a whole other podcast. Good, but good. So I, I think that a lot of questions were kind of answered uh, with – you know how Cristobal and at least this Oregon staff is going to handle recruiting on a national scale, and it seems aggressive. They sent out uh, to players from Florida, Pennsylvania, Utah, Georgia, Nebraska, South and North Carolina, and West Virginia, um, all while still kind of doing some in-home recruiting. You uh, know, in like the twenty twenty-one class, we have Keith Brown coming, yes. the highest-rated Oregon prospect in a long, long time long, since long time. since Thomas Tyner, I believe. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Maybe Herbert. I guess Herbert wasn't that high of a recruit. Right. That was kind of like a silent kind of yeah. thing. People around who knew Fits him were him. like, oh, he's big. <laughs> but so two players from Oregon. One who's already committed. Amarion Winston is a four-star outside linebacker from Central Catholic High School up in Portland.
0: Welcome, Winston.
2: And they also players are really excited about him as well. Yes. Uh, and the other one is even closer to town. Here is Jacob Newell, who's a three-star tight end out of Thurston High School, Thurston over in Springfield. Shout he also uh, received a scholarship offer from Oregon State. Go figure, right? I bet he actually goes there.
0: <laughs> who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's kind of one of those situations where where are you going to have your best fit,
2: mm-hmm. you know? And then, kind of like the biggest uh, question answered about like the the global or not global, the national recruiting scale is. Uh, the possible crown jewel of the 2022 class for the University of Oregon is Curtis Neal out of Cornelius, North Carolina. is a six foot two, 310 pound defensive tackle. He's the 11th ranked defensive tackle in the nation, but the biggest uh, out of the top 20, I believe. He sounds like
0: just a refrigerator, like six foot two, 300 and something. I mean, that is that's a that's a large man.
2: It's very similar it's a to our man. current defensive tackle, yeah. Jordan, Scott, who, uh, Jordan Scott, who players were really excited about when Willie Taggart brought kind of that wave of players from Florida over. Luckily for us, he was one of the players that decided stay. to hang on and stay. Um, and even stay for his senior year as we kind of speculated that he he'd be after his yeah. junior just based mm-hmm. on his physical impact on yeah, the football game. Absolutely. And so with Curtis Neal like receiving the offer immediately when he was asked about it, he said that he can he thinks he can be the piece that brings the natty to Oregon. And I'm excited to hear a player talk like that if I'm being honest. Um, so that's, What was that's the, the
0: the Cliff Harris quote? I'm here to shut shit down or whatever <laughs> yeah. that is. Yeah, that that sounds kind of similar to that. Like I like that. I like that vibe, and that like you said, it kind of fits the Crystal Ball recruiting ideology where you're just going after these these pork chops, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to bring them in just to stuff up the line. So yeah, I there's like it.
2: a good amount of offensive linemen and defensive linemen in this uh, kind of like recruiting cycle as well as the skill players because I think. When you build a team the way that Cristobal has started to build them, those skill players become more excited because they know their quarterbacks going to have more time to throw the ball. The running game is going to get going underway immediately, and you start to see like the, the box get packed with like eight players or something, and then it opens everything out. If you're a wide receiver who loves to run downfield, nothing makes you more happy than having like seven men in the box, and you just got one-on-one or maybe a safety over the top, and you just get to full sprint yep. or try and make a couple double moves, shake a guy, stuff like that. So I'm really excited, and it, this was just this was a breath of fresh air for all of the questions that we had with the season being postponed. And all I don't know weirdness. why I called him a
0: pork chop. I don't want to. I want. to retract that. I'm not going to edit it because I'm too lazy. <laughs> but I, I didn't mean that. I don't know why I used that verbiage. Wasn't there like a, a football player that went by pork chop?
2: Probably it yeah. sounds like a '90s thing. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't want, I don't like that. <laughs> my fault, my it, fault, flockers. Yeah, it my has fault. some,
2: some stuff there. Yeah,
0: I don't, I want, I want, to, I want to retract that. My fault, flockers.
2: That's good. You know, we don't have to delete it. It's good to admit your we're mistakes. Aware. Build off exactly. of them. Exactly. You know, we, we're, we're very conscious. of We the try to be. We yes,
0: we try to be. And sometimes, thing, you know, a little word vomit there. So I don't even know what Plus, that was. Plus, we do all
2: this live, man. These are, these are, this is hot recording. I'm not right used here. to talking. <laughs> I've spent a lot of
0: time by myself lately, so I'm not really used to this whole talking to other people thing. It's kind of a I like feel like uh what's his name from uh Oh, what's The Castaway? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Zuko's like my, you know, Winston.
2: I actually just bought that movie cuz my wife hasn't seen it's it. She's one. not a big Tom Hanks fan, but like I'm like, come on, like it's a good movie. I one. feel like if this is going to turn, it's not big, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's, Anyways, that's a It's fitting.
0: It's a very right. fitting movie I think for right now. And uh, Bill Simmons has a great solo rewatchables. That's that's that actually what
2: led me to buying ah, it. Yeah. There you
0: go. There you go. All right, so that kind of leads us into our next topic here. And as I mentioned off the top, we do have a new partnership. Go check out westcoastcfb.com for all of your West Coast football needs. They've got a lot of great articles up there. And one of late caught Shane and I's eye because we, of course, do love the talk of. We just we love stuff. We love swag. We love gear. We love uniforms. We well,
2: can say we're like sports
0: fashionistas. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty much all the clothing I wear is like sports stuff. Like we both have. I think
2: combined we probably oh, are about like 30 pairs of shoes. I don't want to somewhere. talk about my shoe collection right now.
0: I've broken all of my rules when it comes to shoes. I I'm a, so proud of where my session is right now, and we can we have more shoes to talk about later. But we'll get that in our next. Yeah, segment.
2: I have a closet at home. It's
0: just jerseys and shoes. It happens. Yeah. It definitely happens. I love my Jackie Moon jersey. That's probably my favorite Ooh, one that I got yeah. recently. I'm everybody love everybody. Got a lot of co- like I wore that at the bank the other day,
2: and everybody was like, oh, no, it's jersey. It was very
0: unexpected. I think that's
2: one of the most underrated movies of all time.
0: It's one of my all-time favorites, you know? It's the post scene. is just the po- it, yeah. It's so good. There's a lot of lines um, I want to
2: say right now, but they're riddled. wish you were personal. a washing machine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of uniforms, um, they did a top 25 of college uniforms here on the west coast and i think the list is very appropriate again we're, all, we're only going to tease it because we definitely want to go give them the click go go give them the look at the list themselves we're going to talk about a few of our favorites but right off the top you know who number one was
2: well if it wasn't oregon i was going to throw a you know what fit
0: we may have had to reach out to our guys at west coast if that would <laughs> the be like hey guys but with all that said it's a great list, and it, it's a no no doubt slam duck number one, Oregon Ducks number
2: one. Yeah, well, I mean, U of O, we all know, has been like the innovator of uniforms they for a long time now. changed uh, the game. I love, there was, I can't remember the commentator who said, it might have been Brett Musburger, he said there's two things you can see from outer space, the Great Wall of China and the Oregon Ducks uniforms. Love it, love it, yeah.
0: One of the great meme is also it's uh, DeAnthony Thomas and I and one other running back and it's like they said that we should wear the same uniforms twice and it's them just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes total sense. I mean, it's kids love it. It's a great recruiting tool. It's a way for them to be excited about every game because they're putting on something fresh every mm-hmm. single time. Look good, feel good, play good. Mm-hmm. I
2: think it was I think it was Legarrette Blunt that said the uniforms were like the main reason why he came to UVO. And that, that just Gico says a little bit about LeGarrette Blunt, you know, but I
0: think it, it is a big ploy, especially to get people to come. Absolutely. I
2: don't like, I don't know 100% if it was him that said it, but boy, does it sure sound like something you would say.
0: <laughs> yes, and the second LeGarrette Blunt sighting on this podcast. Yeah. So let's just talk about a few of our other favorites off of this list. Um, Shane, why don't you hit me with one of yours, and then I'll hit you with one of mine. So
2: I'd say my third favorite uniform on this list came in at number 17, and it was San Jose State. I like the combinations they have. I like their color scheme. I like how it is. Uh, they kind of have a new age logo put on top of a classic looking uniform. Yep. yep. Not too much going on there. Not too busy. The
0: color scheme is undefeated. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very similar to the Chargers, actually. Yeah, kind blue, of that yellow, yeah, white. It's yeah. very very similar. The Chargers go with more of that powder blue a lot, which I just love that Carolina blue. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's funny because I mean I talked about this pre podcast, but. Shout out college football, the the video game. You know, everybody used to love NCAA football and playing that. But the two schools that I used to play with other than Oregon are on this list. San Jose State being one of them. And then I'll say my other one here in a second.
2: Uh well I'm pretty, you know I'm pretty much done with my San Jose talk there. I do like my favorite thing about like they have the three different main color schemes, and they'll go with like the all solid colors sometimes and then they'll do like the, the mix and match, yeah, which was Going back to the college football video games, my favorite thing you could do there is when they innovated, where you could change the helmets and yes. stuff. And then, yes. like Oregon, of course, had like by far the most options. You could do your Those own metallic wings, man.
0: Woo! Metallic wings. So probably my number three on this list would be uh, Arizona, or excuse me, Air Force. And that was the other school that I used to play with. I won so many national championships running the triple option all over people. Um, But I love the Bolt. You know, I love that they have the one simplistic one. that's just kind of like a matte gray. They have a lot of really, really cool combinations. And they,
2: like, uh, Air Force, Navy, and Army, as of late in the last probably, like, five to ten years, has done a lot more, like, specialty uniforms for special occasions Mm -hmm. when they play. Like, when they have their rivalry games, they'll put out, like, one year I think they did, like, the... Their patches, like the military patches or whatever that the mm. cadets had on their jerseys, I thought that was I like really it. cool. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, individualized cool stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So who's your number two then? Number two, I got. It's a state that I lived in for the only other state I've lived in besides Oregon in my life. Uh, the Hawaii now just Warriors. Used to be Rainbow Warriors.
0: I wish they would have stayed the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, too. why'd they
2: change that? Uh, that's a topic for another podcast. Fair enough. I think. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I don't remember. I honestly um, don't remember. Yeah, there's some things. Yeah, we'll talk about Valid. that later. Okay. Yeah, off pod um,
0: conversation on the new coming Patreon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like their uh, really dark green that they pair with the black. Uh, I like the the tribal kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tribal kind of scheme that they mm-hmm. use. The ribbing, you know what yeah, I mean? What they do on yeah, that. yeah. The helmets
0: are undefeated.
2: The it's helmets so are good. absolutely
0: undefeated. With like the the islands on one side, the H over on the other side, or had the H on both sides. Mm-hmm. over they do, it's a great, great uniform. The,
2: the Colt Brennan era, they had the all they had the white helmets with the green H and then the green uh, yeah. thing going down the middle. The Those were green fresh. and
0: white that they would go with sometimes mm-hmm. too. Was great. I
2: actually, while I lived there, I met Colt Brennan a couple times. Nice, good yeah, guy. Uh, life went downhill. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so my number two on this list actually comes from the only other state that i've lived in other than oregon Hey-o. which would be arizona and it's the arizona state sundown i was gonna say
2: wildcats uniforms are whack
0: they're pretty bad so uh, th- Arizona
2: arizona's 23rd on here yeah
0: asu comes in at number eight it's probably the only adidas school that i really like but they do a lot of the black is great they do a lot of cool you'll notice the theme i like blue and yellow so i mean the, the schools that kind of throw those in there i really don't like the maroon that arizona state goes with that's probably the only color that they use that i don't really care for But when they really amplify that yellow that they've got with the nice white clash, the nice black contrast, looks really, really clean. And they're creative like that with Oregon where they'll throw all kinds of different
2: stuff at you. Do you you like the the new... Arizona State uniforms more or like the Jake Plummer era where it's new like ones for sure the logo guy new See, ones I for like sure. the old ones I was watching there was an old I Pac-12 like game the game old
0: on. I like if they could incorporate the kind of like the ducks if they could bring back the Sun Devil aspect but do some of these other color schemes that they're doing now or do like the Sun Devil on one side and then like the other part on the other side the, the torture the yeah exactly yeah I like because
2: I've noticed schools kind of getting away from the well teams in general actually getting away from like the cartoon logo.
0: A lot of secondary logos. And again, mm-hmm. Oregon was the big innovator in that, going to that, getting away from the UO to just the O, mm-hmm. and then really amplifying from there. And then there. just
2: the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah for a little it's while on the helmets. a little more yep. subtle. Um, yeah, so that's my number two. Uh, or no, that was your that number two. That was my two. number two. Who's your number one? <laughs> Get off my lawn, Shane. You didn't <laughs> live in Arizona. Got a little lost there. All right, so everybody knows that I'm a big old Los Angeles Rams fan, and I went with Colorado State Rams in this. It kind of like the Rams kind of like knockoff uniforms. They have basically the same helmet, which were, I guess, the Rams' older helmet now. Very
0: popular in high school football also. You'll see those uniforms everywhere.
2: But there is something about the horns. I like the all, like the really dominant – you know, logo, if you want to call it that, on the helmet. It's, it's almost like I kind of see the horns as being, like, logo in a way. Mm-hmm. Even though there is something there, it's not necessarily, like, your school logo. I like the way it looks. I like the way it does kind of look like it's branching off the right part yep. of the head, the way yep. it comes up there. Uh, I imagine being, like, a dif- like a linebacker, you're staring down, you see those horns on, like, a like running back. That's mm-hmm. got to be kind of an intimidating factor. And it's another school, too. I like the kind of green and gold. Yeah. Uh, it's a similar green that Hawaii uses, that really deep green that we kind of see in Oregon's uniforms now, uh, that something just warms my heart a little bit. It makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like I'm in my mother's womb. <laughs> it's just gives me all the right feels.
0: We've gone some places in today's podcast I never would have <laughs> expected, but hearing about Shane being in his mother's womb probably has to take the cake. So uh, my number one uh, from this list uh, would be uh, number 10 on their list, Wyoming. Um, love again the, that mustard, ugly yellow. That's just so beautiful. I'm not a big fan of the brown, but you, it's so it stands out.
2: You know? I like the brown in their color scheme. That's what
0: I was about to say. It's it's not like a, and again, it's not that ish brown. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. got a little bit more of a hint to it, And then that yellow really gives them They do a lot of the white combinations. Actually, very similar to a color scheme of a team we were supposed to be playing today as the University of Oregon Ducks versus North Carolina State. So, mm-hmm. similar and like in that way. I like their
2: cowboy logo too.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like the helmet mix-up that they do there. So... Yeah, great, great article. Definitely go check that out on westcoastcfb.com if you'd like to see more. See who was number two through five because we didn't tell you. We didn't tell you because we like to leave. There's
2: some surprises. There are there. some surprises. Yeah, yeah. yeah so go bit check bit them of out.
0: Tradition. <laughs> Tradition.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Colorado was in there at, at fifteen. So if, that, <laughs> if that's a, you know a little.
0: One of those schools doesn't even have a contract right now. I think.
2: Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a little a little hint there for you. Um,
0: all right, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back with some more basketball talk and, of course, shenanigans. Quack, quack. And we're back. So we're going to jump right into some round ball talk here. Oh, yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about some round ball accessories that we kind of hinted at earlier also. And let's just jump into those right now. Uh, really exciting news! These are probably some of the all-time favorite Oregon PEs that have ever been released, and Shane's going to tell you a little bit more.
2: Yeah, so I was very excited to hear this. My wife may not be so excited. I'm kind of my, hoping she's not. My listening bank to account. This. Look at go go.
0: Look at Nick Young talking about shoes, and you'll understand the way I feel
2: about the <laughs> shoes. Yeah, we we look up to PJ Tucker. Yes. Um, so the oh. Oregon Duck-inspired Jordan 5s, I don't oh. know if you're familiar with these, go ahead and throw them up on the Google machine, we'll put them up on all of our social media and stuff, are being released to us, the common folk. At the <laughs> the or- commoners. <laughs> at the Oregon Duck bookstore on September The town 12th.
0: folk here in Eugene, Oregon.
2: Yeah, so they, these shoes were originally given, uh, they were a team edition given to the Oregon Duck football team back in 2013. Um they have been sold on stock X for five thousand five hundred dollars and six thousand dollars. There is also a shoe up there right now if somebody's asking for ten thousand dollars. Um and they are going to be available at the bookstore here September 12th. They're going to be $225 a pair. Much, much, much cheaper than what they're going for on StockX right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is exciting. I don't know how big this line is going to be, but I think, you know, if you're a fan of the podcast, you want to meet us, go ahead and look down in that line on September 12th. I'm sure I'm going to be posted.
0: Um, I'm going to try. I may be on my, uh, my birthday trip of a, of a mission here, but we'll see. I may have a representative there in my stead.
2: This last football season, the uh, Oregon Duck football team was issued Oregon Duck-inspired colorways with the Jordan Seven before the Rose Bowl game. So if, and if those were pretty cool, also. Yeah, for what they were motivated to play for, it was they just got some fresh kicks. So yeah, so that's really exciting news for all you sneakerheads out there. Um, yeah, just uh, go buy them. I'm sure they're gonna sell out quick.
0: Yeah, if it's going to be quick, the line's probably going to be absolutely crazy. Who knows what kind of you know minimums and stuff like that they're going to put on? I doubt you're going to be able to try a pair on before you buy them. So let's just be try shoes on in general, right? Yeah, let's just be aware, people, that this is going to be probably a very quick-moving and a very hectic process. I can only imagine.
2: Mm -hmm. And I did not see any sort of number of you know, how many of these shoes they're making. I'm sure there's going to be secondary sales all over online as well as they might do some online sales. I didn't see, but I saw September 12th. They did say that it would be available at the Oregon bookstore. So you can go down to campus, you know where it's at. And uh, buy some shoes.
0: Yeah, we shouldn't even be telling you about this because really we I, I, want the as line I was, to be... <laughs> As
2: I was saying that, I was uh, like, damn it. Like, <laughs> like right in the middle of this, I was like, huh. Uh, but uh. if we
0: don't get a pair and somebody out there gets multiple pairs, make sure to hit us both up. Um, so we always love talking about shoes and stuff like that on the podcast. We're going to jump into some more hoops talk here. Um, Shane put up a really nice poll on the Flock Twitter machine talking about um, Mr. Bull, Bull the Bolasance, versus the Great Kombucha, uh, the Slim Duck, Miss Chris Boucher, whatever you want to call him. Have you
2: seen what his nickname is on basketball reference? What's it now? Swatterboy, oh, which I at first I was like, that's the dumbest nickname ever. But then I realized it was a play on Waterboy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I kind of like it. Slim
0: Slim Duck is definitely, or my personal favorite, the Big Kombucha. Big Kombucha. The Boot I Kombucha like is a grand, a But he needs to get a little bigger. And both these players need have that same kind of thing where you just look at him playing and you just want to give him ten sandwiches.
2: Well, Booch is mm. getting bigger. He's little filling big. out. Little he's, bit. He had nothing going on in the arm arm department. Now he's got like some guns.
0: He can get down there, and, and Toronto has been willing to play him a little bit at the five, and they need all the help they can get right now. Um, so I yeah, actually wouldn't be surprised Boston to buzz see. Oof, I would not be surprised to see him get some more minutes here in Game Four or Game Five, um, moving forward. Well,
2: that's. <clears> I mean, that's not really their issue per se. It's that Boston has too many players who can guard Pascal Siakam. That's and also a problem. I think. Kyle Lowry's ankle is a little bit worse than he's putting it on.
0: Yeah, no, he's a stud. So, I mean, the, the reason why we're talking about this now is who would you rather have?
2: You That's know, right question.
0: now, who would you rather have, Bull Bull or Mr. Chris Boucher? And I love the Big Kombucha. People that have listened to this podcast know how much I love the Big Kombucha. That's why it hurts me to say this. I'd rather have Bull Bull right now. A, I think he brings very similar elements to what Boucher does right now. I think he's a better defender than Boucher is in the NBA right now because all, all Bull Bull is being asked to do is protect the rim. He's, I mean, he right. can do a little bit on the perimeter, and I think he's a little bit of a better perimeter defender than Boucher That's is. That's what I was
2: going to say. I, I think Bull Bull has got a little bit more versatility, yeah. but like, as far as what they really do, I think Chris Boucher is a better, def- a better rim protector Overall, Bull Bull. yeah. Just but, because a little more experience.
0: And I, But I would still take Bull Bull, especially on the team that he's on. You know, I think if you were to switch their positions, then I might lean a little bit more towards Boucher. But I just think that because the Raptors are in such a win now mode, and not to say that the Nuggets aren't also, I mean, they're in the Western Conference semifinals, but their stars are young. I mean they they're gonna resign Murray, they're gonna resign Jokic, they're gonna have those guys they already resigned Murray.
2: Yeah, he signed Murray's a, got his extension already. It's really weird because he signed an extension but he's still listed as having his current contract That's what because it, was. it doesn't kick in until his contract expires. Yep. Me and my boss went through this at work the other day It was- <laughs> I was like nine websites later, and I was more confused. I was like, "Why do they do it that way?" But anyways, that's so that's why. Here nor yeah, there.
0: I would rather have Bol, Bol because of what he is now, and because of his ceiling projecting forward. I believe being higher than what Boucher could be. I think Boucher is going to be an NBA bench guy or a regular journeyman. journeyman for maybe six to eight to nine years. I think he's mm-hmm. going to have a successful career. I just think Bol Bol's ceiling could be a lot higher.
2: I I agree with the ceiling aspect, but I also think that Bol Bol's floor is a lot lower than Chris Boucher's floor. True, Uh, very true. And maybe this is why I lean towards saying Chris Boucher, is that I'm like a a safe pick kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Chris Boucher, we saw, you know, had a good college career and probably would have maybe potentially won a national championship had he not torn his ACL. It's already ACL. a sad
0: day, Shane. It's already a sad day. You're, why do you have to make me more sad? So Chris comes into Jordan the Jordan Bell, just box out. <laughs>
2: Chris gets drafted, comes into the NBA, and gets put onto the 905 Raptors, which is a great development squad in the G League. I do you love the Raptors? Uh, they they may be the best G League team as far as developing players in the NBA. But he kind of went through – he did he – he had to cross all of the things off of the list and he did them all so well in order to him get into the spot that he's in now. And like, that's why I'd go with him is that we've seen pure determination from him from bowl. You ever seen that guy set a screen? It doesn't look like he's setting screens to like, you know, have the job that everyone dreams to have. He kind of almost seems like he's going through the motions. Sometimes this isn't a knock on bowl because he is, insanely talented. We've all seen him shoot the basketball. There was that day where he set Twitter on fire. Um, but I lean into the crispy shade department because you know you got like the G League defensive player of the year, the G League MVP, and then coming into a league knowing his role. He's so ready to go every time they bring him off the bench, and that's one of my favorite things about him. We have seen him play a little bit in the playoff series. Both players have been pretty much garbage time players, which is for the point in their career is to be expected. And so, I mean, this is where we kind of disagree on this. The Twitter poll up was 50-50 split on votes. Yeah, So there's obviously some disagreement with the rest of Duck Twitter. Have you looked
0: at Boucher's contract?
2: He was on a two-way that got, like, switched up, right? Yeah, it's
0: it's confusing because it says he has a deal for 2021 um, or maybe it's just a, okay, so that's what it is. They can do a qualifying offer mm-hmm. of close to $2 million. He had 125 fully guaranteed in the 1920 season, but he's actually getting a base salary of $1.5. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to bring him back next year or if he is able to go out into restricted free agency.
2: He would be very valuable in free agency because, as we're seeing right now with uh contending teams i can think um, of
0: one team that would really like to have him on their roster right
2: um but i mean like basically every team who's in the nba playoffs right now who's left could basically use a player like him
0: can you imagine boucher playing next to Jokic right now for the nuggets
2: that would be i mean yeah it would bring that better than plumbly that that they need and <laughs> just to kind of Plumlee. Uh, Like an anchor, you know, just something you got to worry about. Because one of my favorite things about Chris Boucher is his defensive rotations are great. Super smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good at protecting the rim, especially when the ball gets whipped around. And we see right now it's like the thing that just drove me insane with Carmelo Anthony was just with the way the game is set up right now, it's dribble drive, whip it out. And if you get cement feet, what do you you just. You
0: you made me sad twice (laughs) and now you got to bring Melo and the the Blazers up,
2: man. Like well, I'm that, gonna start crying that is, crying the over that is why I know. the Blazers were out, because they know. were so slow on rotations. And we're not and gonna they... talk
0: about the missing of Trevor Ariza or the fact right. that Nasir Little didn't work out or the fact that yes. Rodney Hood tore his Achilles. That sucks. Like I just. I, uh, yeah,
2: I know well that is a, being a Blazer fan, man. It's uh, just a it's a uh, series of unfortunate events. Lemony Snicket. That's very yeah. sadly true. Yeah, it's but they, as fans we, we're Blazer fans are, like, the most roll-with-the-punches fan base ever. Sure. And we never freak out and, like, burn everything down like Utah fans. Be the Leaf, man. Yeah, yeah Be the Leaf, like my friend like, Milo would say. I've been seeing, like, uh, Pelican's Twitter. They just they lose a couple games and they lose their minds. Well, they have
0: Zion. They're all, like, weirdly energized. Yeah, they're the like, Zion trade
2: energy. Lonzo. I'm yeah. like, he was getting triple-doubles all they, year. <laughs> they are, they are going to trade Lonzo, well, yeah, though. I know, but it's just... <laughs> 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 it's it's not necessarily what's happening. It's the fan base's reaction. Oh, absolutely. Where I see a lot of like Rip City Twitter is kind of like, oh,
0: we're used to this. That sucks. We're built for this.
2: Like, there's always next year, and then you see like. Uh, Houston Rockets Twitter. It's oh, like, goodness. like the Russell Westbrook roller yeah. coaster. Well, shout yeah. out
0: the Thunder Twitter saying also, and we're, we're segueing nicely in here to just some NBA playoff bubble talk. But before we get too deep into that, I do want to mention the fact that the other day yesterday was 2k day, happy 2k day to everybody. I already busted through the, uh, my player story, uh, super duper fun. They have a whole like little college angle that they really get into this year. You don't have to do the combine, which is nice but um no oregon for college uh, preferences here 2k what what the you know what i mean like mm-hmm. gonzaga okay texas tech maybe West Virginia? <laughs> like, what? I mean, I know we're just trying to hit, like, the regional thing here, but I mean, and you got UCLA on there. I know they're kind of making this little comeback. Okay. It's a nice going, story. If you're
2: going regionally, what's a school right next to West Virginia that had their most legendary coach just passed away, unfortunately, a couple days ago that is like. Oh, yeah. Georgetown would have been the move. The of that region yeah, yeah. in basketball. I no. mean, Georgetown is the school. Well, that's-
0: you have UConn on there. Like, UConn, if it was a women's game, absolutely. UConn oh. on the men's side. I mean, maybe just who who said yes. I don't
2: know. UConn's a big school. Big basketball school. Not bigger than
0: Georgetown.
2: No, but I mean, if you're talking, like, regionally, is UConn's up? Well, I guess they are actually pretty good. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I get get confused by these guys.
0: I love you, 2K. The the shooting meter is really hard this year. I'm still learning. But you should add Oregon on there. And let's just get back to the bubble real quick for some NBA talk. I'm going to give you who I think is going to play in the finals right now.
2: Okay, I mean, I have mine. It
0: hurts me to say it because it's two team. I don't really know who to root for right now. I don't have like a like a team that I can really get behind. I found myself
2: when I was rooting for the Rockets last night. I felt so weird. Take a shower right after, dude. It was strange. And I was just like, I was thinking to myself, like, how are Rocket fans ever upset? They get every call.
0: I don't think I can watch that. I played 2K all day. I don't think I can watch that series. I literally don't think I'm going to watch any of that. It is.
2: The the Houston Rockets, Los Angeles Lakers series, for those of you who don't know, is the biggest contrast of styles I've ever seen in a seven-game series in sports. Well, because the Lakers
0: still tried to play big. Like, it's ridiculous. what are they supposed to
2: do? They can't go guards.
0: They're going to go smaller, though. Did you see... uh, You play Kuzma at the five? Somebody put out there... It was an old... I can't remember who it was, but somebody used to play in the NBA a couple years ago. It's kind of like an OG NBA guy. It's like... Lakers need to play their ballers, and it's a picture of Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. Like, <laughs> man, if that's if that's who you have coming walking through that door, as Amino Hassan would say, you got some trouble.
2: You got well, some the, trouble. The player in of the entire playoffs that I've been the most impressed with, player that I've always been kind of like, why is this guy get as much attention as he does? is uh, Rocco, Robert Covington. He's
0: played good defense. Played really, really good. Especially three's. on that. I mean, he's, yeah, he shot the ball okay, but he's had some really good stops at the rim. Chris Paul kept, you know, trying to isolate him and cooked him a couple times. But he has played pretty well. But I literally, I don't think I'm going to watch any of that Rockets
2: Lakers series. Oh, I don't I, think I can do I, it. I'm loving every second of it. I Plus, I, I want it. both teams to lose. I'm just betting the over. That's the thing.
0: I can't root for it. It's impossible for both teams to lose. <laughs> so it's just going to make me unhappy either way. But this is a long way of getting to the fact that I have Clippers, Celtics in the finals. Ooh,
2: I have Clippers Heat.
0: Ooh! Yeah, I have the old Bill Simmons pick.
2: All right, I threw in a nice little wager on the Heat to win this series, which was plus four seventy-five. Well, they're
0: gonna sweep them, I think.
2: Uh, I could see Milwaukee winning one because they're gonna come now, out just like raw, and like Giannis might get fifty. Hey, but the thing is, hey, when Giannis gets so like intense and aggressive, he just starts picking up fouls. Like That's okay.
0: hey bud, put Giannis at the elbow and put four shooters around him. How difficult is this? Quit putting him on the perimeter where he's dribbling into guys and you've got Lopez down. Just give him the ball at the elbow. Let him create. Let him make some passes. Let him dive off some of those elbows with some give and goes. Create some easy buckets for him.
2: Well, Coach Bud is still running like a nine-man rotation, so I think his his head coaching job's days might be over and he's
0: done some good things i mean with the hawks and being a pop disciple like i get it but i i can't watch that series either you have Giannis Anti de compo and you're like wasting him he's gonna look really good in a blazer uniform in two years i
2: absolutely love this miami team so i've been soaking up all of it i like the shooters i like dragage I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan.
0: Shout out Big Waz, who referred to uh, Hero and um, Robinson. Robinson as the Vanilla Brothers. Oh, the other really? Day.
2: I've been calling them the Call of Duty boys. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like they play Call of Duty all day long.
0: Well, I think that's bit Myers-Leonard big thing, so maybe that's a big <laughs> uh, team bonding facility there. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. So I'm we both have the Clippers. Kawhi just playing. He's Terminator style right now. He Watching, can just turn it on, too. Well, that's the funny thing. I saw, like, some gif, or not a gif, but, like, uh, an image of, him like Every round of the playoffs, his scoring goes up throughout mm-hmm. his entire career.
2: Well, he picks his spots.
0: He's so smart. He's yeah. so – I can watch him. I'll watch that Denver Clippers series. It's so fun to tonight. watch. Yeah,
2: I, I absolutely love this Clippers team. I like the –
0: I don't love this – I hate this Clippers team, actually, because really? of Pat Bev. I can't stand Pat Bev.
2: I like Pat Bev as long as I'm not rooting against him. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, like, rooting for him, he is just so – he brings He's such, an like a human element to it, though. Like, yeah. they're – like – Anybody who spent a lot of time just playing rat ball outside, like you know, a Patrick Beverly type player.
0: When all of these bubble games have moments where it looks like like the sixth game of a Y run, where like three games or like three teams are waiting to play, and it's just like back and forth, back and forth, turnover, turnover, turnover. Like every bubble game has had at least one of those sequences.
2: I love Lou Will, especially when he goes cornrows and he looks Lemon like. Pepper Omar. Lou. He looks like Omar from The Wire. That's good stuff. Uh, Shout out The Wire. I like Landry Shamit. The Morris, the whatever Morris they got, I'm not a huge fan of. Nope. I thought it was kind of some nope. dirty stuff he did to Luca. Dirty, last dirty. Series. I've never really been a big fan of the Morris twins in general.
0: I like the story, but I'm not a big fan of Marcus in particular. So
2: yeah, or the other one, Marcus. Yeah, it's valid, for that, it's for valid. That matter. It's but like, they one. are like they. I mean, they obviously don't care about being the bad guy. So good for them.
0: One, well, it's funny. I was listening to a Ringer podcast. Uh, one of the guys on there is a big Mavericks fan. And he was talking about the way that the Clippers were playing the Mavericks. And he's like, you know what? The ultimate irony of this is the Mavericks need a guy like Morris. Yeah. They need, like, they don't, like, they're not getting the John Wick version of Boban. Like, they need somebody to go out there and kind of be the, the enforcer that grab the shirt anyway. But we're getting deep in the weeds here. And I think we have gone long enough for today. If you're still listening, thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, please, if you do listen to the podcast, we do really mean it. give us a like. Give us a share. Um, tell your friends about us. We really are trying to grow the pod as much as we can. And, again, we are number 50 we're not going away anytime soon we might be sporadic from time to time but we're not ever going away life happens yep we get back up we always get back up we appreciate you we love you we out peace
1: i gave my love a cherry that had no stone Chicken that had no bones, I give. Sorry.